We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hello, everyone. This is Siope. I am one of the hosts here at the Smarter Parenting Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Today, we are going to be talking about chore charts, but we're going to talk about chore charts in a different way. Now, a lot of parents are familiar with chore charts. They've used them. A lot of them have found success in using them. But most chore charts are geared towards helping children who can function fairly well on their own so they can read a task that they need to do and they can follow through with it. Well, we are going to adjust this for children who struggle with chore charts. And the reason that this is important is because for a lot of parents, we need to have our children independently doing things that they need to do on their own without us on top of them the entire time. So think of this as a change in the chore chart approach and the way that you are going to be working with your child using a chore chart. Now, this is spawned from a coaching session where I was speaking with a parent and we were talking about using a chore chart. She had mentioned, I have used chore charts before and they just don't work. And I asked her more questions about in what way do you use the chore chart? What does the chore chart look like for her child? Now, her child is six years old, and the child uh, has a list of maybe 10 tasks that they need to do, according to this mother, after school, uh, before the child can do, you know, hang out with friends or watch television. So... In discussing this with her, we came up with a different way to approach chore charts that actually fit the child. And so it's important for you to understand that when you're bringing anything to your child to help your child improve their behavior, the goal is to custom fit it to your child's needs, not to take it the way it is and say, this is the way it is, and we're just going to do it this way, but to really take into consideration, how does my child process information? What does my child need to complete a task? Okay, so during this podcast, we are going to cover a couple of things. The first thing we're going to cover is things that you can do to change your chore charts to help your child complete them, motivate them. Second thing we're going to talk about is using effective communication, which is the skill we use on the Smarter Parenting website in order to bring about this change with your child. Now, this mother and I had this long conversation about chore charts, and it was, it was fascinating. She had used a chore chart when she was younger, and her parents were very specific about not being able to have any type of rewards or any type of free time until the chores were done. However, her child is slightly different in that her child has ADHD, has difficulty focusing, and using a chore chart was something that was really, really difficult for her to do and apply with her child the way that her parents had applied it with her. As I asked her more questions about the chore chart, she listed there are 10 items she needs to do when she comes back from school. And these 10 items are chores. Once she does those, she can earn free time to do whatever she wants. Now, I asked her to describe the wording on the chore chart because the wording is important. I also asked her, did you include your child in the creation of the chore chart? And she said, 
Uh, no, she actually just listed what she wanted the child to do and is expecting her child to do that. So I gave her some suggestions, and these are suggestions that you can apply with your ADHD child or with your child. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can use this with any child. But again, what we are doing is custom fitting it for your child and your child's learning ability and their needs and the age that they are at. So when she had mentioned that her child was six years old, I thought, okay, 10 items on a chore chart, that's too much for a six-year-old. And if they're unable to be motivated, it may be that they look at the 10 items on the chore chart, they're overwhelmed with it. So let's simplify. Let's simplify the chore chart and break it down into more simple tasks. Okay, so we're not going to change the tasks, but we are going to make it a little simpler for the child to visually see that this is not an overwhelming thing for the child to do. So we went through the list of things that the child needed to do, which was, you know, put the dishes away, be sure that all the toys were picked up in their room. So all these things were listed on this chore chart and they were scattered around the house. In simplifying it, I asked mom to just put four things initially on the list. And if there are tasks in there that you can combine into one, that would be better than separating the two tasks. We thought about it. We broke it down. We came up with four specific things. Now, this doesn't mean we can't add more later. What we're doing is we're trying to custom fit it for her child in order to help her child complete the tasks and to be motivated to do it. So breaking it down to four items. Then I asked her, one thing that I want you to do is, I want you to sit with your child and talk to your child about the chore chart and the things that you expect your child to do, and have your child have some input in what they want to do first. So the child is actually going to list what I'm going to do, number one, what I'm going to do, number two, what I'll do, number three, and what I'll do number four. So have the child have some input in what's going on with the chore chart. This allows the child to feel empowered. It's a really huge recommendation because when we allow our children to participate in these types of decisions, they're more likely to follow through because they've had a say in it. Now, the second thing that I asked her to do was to be sure the chore chart is visible and somewhere where the child can see easily when they return home from school. She had it on the refrigerator, which was great. However, sometimes the child didn't go into the kitchen. And so we thought, okay, where can we put it? And they had a mudroom, so we put it on the side of the doorway uh, leading into the rest of the house from the mudroom, where the child could see it. There's nothing on the wall except for this chore chart. And I asked her to allow the child to decorate the chore chart. So, you know, if you wanted to stick stickers on there or color it or write what each of the tasks are, we're again trying to get some input and feedback from the child in the creation of this chore chart. Make it visible. Now, in order to make this even more effective, I asked mom to leave a space underneath each of the tasks that needed to be done. And I wanted her to list down what are some possible rewards your child can earn if your child completes the task. So she decided that she was going to list one possible 
reward under each of those. What's great is that if you can list that in a different color or make that uh, a little brighter or let the child know a little bigger font, perhaps a little more bold, this lets the child know, okay, if I do this, I can possibly earn this. If I do this, I can possibly earn that. Now, she had the question, well, if I put that, does that mean that I'm beholden to that and I have to give my child four rewards? And that's going to depend on the parent and the motivation of the child. If you are going to be giving your child a reward for each of those items on the chore list, then I would suggest using smaller rewards. This comes up in the conversation that you can have with your child about the chores. So when you're discussing this whole issue of the chore chart with your child, you can say you can possibly earn one of these if you complete the task, but I'm just letting you know as you start to work, you're going to have more choices of things that you can choose from. And those things I wanted her to list in a dry erase where she could wipe it clean if she needed to so she can adjust it and change it and consistently refresh it for different types of rewards that she could provide for her child. Now, this could be as simple as, you know, getting an additional treat, uh, having some additional time on the computer, having a little more iPad time. I mean, there's just a few things that you can add on in there that are small enough that you can do, but not so huge that it makes it too much for you to handle and raise the expectation of your child for the rewards that they're going to receive for doing the things they need to do. Now, all of this is structured around the skill of effective communication. And if you know effective communication, we've talked a lot about it on this podcast. But for those who are new, you can find it on the Smarter Parenting website. Effective communication is a skill that we use where a parent and a child can communicate in a respectful and calm manner. You want to choose a time that's neutral. And what I mean by neutral is that your child is not upset you're not upset, and you're able to have a conversation. You'll have a topic, and the steps are really simple. Your child is going to explain something to you. You are going to listen, and then you are going to repeat back what you heard from what they said, using their words, if possible. And then you're going to wait and seek clarification and say, is that right? Is that what you meant? And the child will say, yes, that's what I meant. Or the child will say, no, that's not what I meant. This is what I meant. And then the parent will listen again and then repeat again what they understood from the conversation and then have a clarification. Is this what you meant? And the child will say, yes, that's what I meant. And then the parent can share their thoughts. And the child then repeats those steps where the child will listen and then repeat back what they heard and understood from that conversation. And the idea is that you can increase your ability to communicate more clearly with your child and more specifically with your child about difficult topics or about things that they are trying to process and understand. It also sets up a good way for them to communicate with other people and with you, because if you're able to do it with your child, your child can do it with other people. During this interaction, I recommended to the mother that she spend some time using effective communication. She will sit down with her child at a calm, neutral time, and they will go through the chore chart together. 
and they will do all those things that I had mentioned as tweaks to the chore chart in order to help her six-year-old child. Now, one thing I did also recommend based on the age of her child was to leave a check mark where the child can check it when the child is finished with the task and to use stickers. So if you have a sticker, instead of writing out the words of like cleaning the bathroom and you just put like a plunger sticker on there and the child knows what that means, that's actually helpful and less difficult for your child to sit there and have to read a word and then make sense of the words. During this whole process, use effective communication, talk to your child, have your child have some input into the chore chart and come to an agreement with your child. This is a very powerful way for you to help your child feel responsibility towards something and also to help them feel like, hey, I trust you enough to communicate with you and to talk to you. And it's not just my way, it's our way. How are we going to work through this? It sets up a tone for future incidences where your child may have some difficulties and they need to make improvements. Now, George Hearts, they've been around for a long time. And one thing that I feel really bad about is a lot of parents will get a chore chart and they'll just list what they need to do and slap it on the wall without a lot of thought. And during this podcast, I focused a lot on think about your child and your child's needs. Think about including your child, their interests, providing rewards in between each of the tasks that they can possibly earn. That way they can feel motivated to keep going. Because with a child with ADHD or with children in general, they are very focused in on what they need. And so if you're able to anticipate those needs and combine it with things that they need to do, they're going to be far more effective in completing the tasks that they need to do. This is something that I highly recommend. I've done this before with other parents and have had great success. And instead of just giving their child kind of a cookie cutter chore chart, actually making it useful for their child because it's custom made for their child. You can find the skill of effective communication on the Smarter Parenting website. There's a video there. It's roughly around five, six minutes long. It goes through the steps. It gives you some examples of parents using the skill and examples of how they do it with their child. I highly suggest you jump over to the Smarter Parenting website, watch the video. It'll be very helpful. And in fact, I have made the recommendation that parents should also watch the video with their kids because it will help their kids see it visually and experience it before they actually do it and practice it with you. All right? So that's it with me. Again, thank you for tuning in wherever you may be listening to the podcast. We always appreciate it. I will talk to you again next week. All right, bye.